ladies and gents, welcome to episode 35 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. Can't quite believe I'm at episode 35, you know, and I realised the other day that the podcast is like three years old next month or something, which is crazy town banana pants. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Hey, uh, let's concentrate on this episode in which I'm joined by my good friend and uh, frequent parlour person. Is that a thing? Lee. I don't know, but it's... it's uh, hello. <laughs> hello. It, it just... Frequent parlour person sounds like I visit, you know, houses of ill repute, <laughs> which nobody can prove. Or beauty parlours. You know, well, clearly, I'm a natural beauty, so nobody would believe that. <laughs> so, oh, dear. Anyway, but yeah, thanks for having me on again. That's all after right. The, after the live show, I never oh. thought you'd speak to me again. <laughs> Do you know, I was looking at the uh, the numbers for the downloads of those episodes the other day and your one with Jenny and Adam Hughes's are the top two most listened to. <laughs> that's not that's not a joke. I wish I wish I could take credit for the uh, for, for for that for my one. Obviously I can't take credit for the Adam Hughes one. I wish I could take even credit for mine, but clearly just Jenny was just such a star. <laughs> On that, I was just gobsmacked. I don't, I'm not entirely sure I said much, really. Do you know, like, when... Because uh, at that point of the, the record, for those who didn't listen to the live episode, Lee and Jenny came on at about... Was it about two in the morning, half two, something like that? Yeah. Um, yeah, by till, which till point, two, four, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, by which point, other Jenny... <laughs> oh, no, this is going to get confusing. Uh, Jenny, <laughs> Jenny without an E and I had been podcasting since, like, nine the previous morning. So we were like basically brain dead just rambling nonsense i'm pretty sure i reviewed the lego movie about 35 times in that 24 hour period but anyway so yeah lee and jenny appeared <laughs> and uh, and we very desperately needed an energy kick because uh, poor lee gallagher had been on just be- in the slot just before you pair had pretty much ended up interviewing us because we were too tired to form sentences let alone questions and coherent statements so uh, he ent- he sort of interviewed us you guys appeared and jenny just started off on pretty much uh, what she would expect at a sex theme park. So. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of rods she would like to ride. It was, yeah. <laughs> and, and never has the word rides been used in so many different uh, variations. I just... A short time. I have a... I have a... Like, at the time, I remember finding it very funny and then the following morning sort of semi-forgetting about it. Like, I remember that was a good time. That was a good, good section of the show. Glad they woke us up a bit there. When I listened back to it when I was editing the episode, episodes to put them out as like smaller chunks for people to listen to i sort of i cracked up immediately and then thought is this the kind of thing operation smile want to be associated with (laughs) 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 i was thinking perhaps perhaps i should like not tell them exactly what it was i did to get the money that i got because, yeah, there was a lot of... Uh, I mean, the whole 24-hour period, there was a lot of talk of, like, sex and nudity and underpants and sexy theme parks and oh, all sorts. It was... Uh, I'm sure somebody told a story about a dog's bollocks on a train as well or a dog having a shit on a train. Do you know, I can't quite remember the details, but... Um, Early on, if I remember, it was... Yeah, I think it was the first guy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, you set the tone, and that was important. Yeah, yeah and it was... Only, I think everybody yeah. was listening and thought, oh, it's going to be one of those, is it? Okay. <laughs> I felt really sorry for the people who might have tuned in a bit later because I was sort of in my head. I was going on the uh, on the idea that there was like you know once we get past nine o'clock we can talk about anything because it's post watershed. And then I realised yeah. that it was like going out on the internet live globally, and that you yeah. know we're still pre watershed somewhere in the world. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's it. Because we, we, again, like, with our mentality, we live on like, like two, three o'clock in the morning. So we're thinking, oh, nobody's listening. We can, we can talk about anything. So it was just not thinking, yeah, it's like the world. So it's, <laughs> you know, it's kiddie time at some point. And also that it's been recorded. So, you know, that just, but we were just punchy. And I think, you know, we were punchy. And, so God knows how you and uh, Jenny were. <laughs> well, I tell you what, though, the numbers the numbers don't lie. So ob- obviously that kind of talk is pretty popular amongst my <laughs> We're a classy yeah, lot. You do it again. Now you just go, yeah, you don't need to call it the smut cast or something. <laughs> so just, so people know what they're getting. Yeah, just have to put a really big explicit tag on the... Uh... Do you know what? I didn't realise until afterwards. I don't think there was one on the actual uh, website that I was broadcasting through. And now I'm just thinking, what if somebody stumbled across it? Like, oh, a discussion upon pop culture and they click on it and I'm going, what about that dog's bollocks on a train then? Like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whoops. It was, it's kind of, but, you know, well, look, you know, yeah, I thought it was an interesting experiment in, mad- in <laughs> observing the degradation of people when they just have to talk for 24 hours. Yeah, it was that it last just, half you know, an hour that I just thought was the, the most laughable thing. Like, if uh, if you haven't heard it, go go and listen to the last episode because there's, there's a really good interview with Adam Hughes and then uh, we sort of come off of that and realise we've still got half an hour to go before we actually do the 24 hours and uh, we haven't got any other guests lined up and uh, and we're basically just sitting there going, so, uh, hmm, how, about that, how about that weather we've been having? Um, so yeah, that, at that point you had no small talk left. Yeah, because there was uh, clearly there was there were gaps and pieces where you were nipping off to the loo, or she was nipping off to the loo. We just had to fill a few minutes. So it was all you know. So all the little filler and small talk had, had been well used up. Exactly, like, and like the other thing we'd been doing was like whenever Jenny potted off to the toilet, I would take that as a as a good time to check how well how well we were doing with the actual raising money part of the show, yeah. and do a bit of an update on that because you don't really have to like have a conversation with yourself then you can just be like ooh let's check the internet um but of course that close to the end i didn't want to be checking that much because i thought this is going to be really boring the last half hour where we're just going no no it's still at still at 750 (laughs) yeah let's just just refresh the page yet still 750 for like a full half hour but it's nonsense that last half it's brilliant all i wanted to do at that (laughs) point was have a sleep and all i could think that this is the longest half hour of my life yeah i was just impressed because i figured at some point you'd have like you'd be playing like music you'd, you'd stick a few i didn't know how to do of... it <laughs> <laughs> i'd uh, i tried it the day before all right here's some insider tips for you i tried it the day before and what i did was i sent jenny upstairs with an ipad and i said let me know if you can hear music on this played a song turned it off she came down she's like yeah that was wicked that was and i thought because i'd heard it in my headphones as well that that's what would happen when i did the ep- the actual episode like live so i actually played a song to start the episode could i hear anything in my headphones of course i fucking couldn't so i just sat there for a while going is this working can you guys hear music can somebody tweet me if they can hear music (laughs) (laughs) um so you know lessons learned if i ever decide to do it again but it's a good thing that you brought up the live show because the donation page is closed now. I had a bit of a laugh with that because I thought I thought I'd set it up so that it went for three months after the event. So in October, I was going, "Come on, guys! Last week, give me some money. Yeah, come on. You know you love me." Uh, and then the page didn't close, and I was like, "Oh, um, what's going on there?" So I left it for a couple of days, thinking I'd fucked up my calculations or something. And I was like, "Oh no, it's still 
still there, isn't it? Bit weird. Can't really give a final amount if it hasn't fucking closed. So <laughs> in December, I decided to just give up and have a look at my settings and see if it was uh, set weirdly. Yeah, it was set to be left open for five years. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there is no way I can for five years every now and again just keep going, anyone want to give me some money, yeah? Some money? Help a gal out like? So I thought, right, well, I'll close it for New Year's Day because that's a, a good a day to close it as any. Uh, so five fucking years, why is that the default city? <laughs> I could, I could not get my head around that at all. Um, oh, but I was you're like, well. You're like the, kid, the kid at school who's 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 moving away and have the big party, <laughs> and you know everybody brings them the gifts and stuff, and then their parents change their mind at the last minute, and they're they're stuck in the classroom. Then you know they come back after the weekend, and no, we're staying now. <laughs> you saying that, right? This is a total tangent, and it might get cut or might not. It's quite funny. We had uh, just before Christmas, we had a retirement party for one of the ladies at work, and to be fair, she's been working with us for like 35 years and she's really well known in the community and stuff and it was a really sad day and we, I think we clubbed together like nearly 200 quid for her and stuff and bought loads of presents and that and then uh as we were at the retirement dinner I was like getting all upset because she was crying and I was like oh Linda oh I'd be really sad not to see you again and she went oh no I'm still going to be working here two days a week after Christmas and I just looked after she walked off I just looked at Kathy and I went why the fuck are we having a party <laughs> she went what and I said she ain't leaving and she went, well, no, but she's retiring. And I was like, no, she fucking isn't. She's she's doing two days a week when she comes back. And she went, yeah, but technically she'll be retired. And I was like, no, she'll have a job. She ain't retired. Do we have to, like, get her more shit when she actually leaves? I will say, yeah, when she actually then just stops, you know, every time she cuts down her hours, you're going to have to have another party. Yeah, I was like, I don't mean to be rude, but, you know, my money don't grow on fucking trees. I ain't buying her shit all else. Like... <laughs> So she'd better hang around until, like, after I've left there. <laughs> anyway, back on track. Um, the reason I was going to bring up the live show was to say that now that the page is closed, I can give a total amount of money what we raised. And honestly, I'm, like, 100% gobsmacked because um, I set the target as 750 quid, which equates to five surgeries for cleft palates and whatnot for children in less fortunate situations. And when I set the target as 750, I thought that's far too fucking high. I'm never going to make that at all. Oh my God. Uh, so I only went and raised £1,516.57. Oh, yeah. Well done. <laughs> like, legitimately cannot believe the awesomeness. So I, do, I just want to say, like, a massive thank you to everybody who took part because you were all amazing. And if you hadn't turned up on the day, it would have been a fucking mess. <laughs> like an actual breakdown like mental breakdown kind of a mess and obviously to everybody who donated and supported the show tweeted links did retweets shared stuff on facebook and the twitters and that like just i was not expecting to have the reaction that i got to it because i legitimately thought we'd get about 12 listeners and one of them would be my mom and i'd make about 100 pounds <laughs> and uh, as it turns out my mom came to my house and slept through most of it so um <laughs> I love her though. But I like, yeah, when when the page closed and they sent me the email to say, hey, guess what? You've like practically doubled your target. I was like, fuck off. <laughs> Almost fell out my chair. So um, thank you. Well, was, yeah, that's a brilliant total. That's amazing. I couldn't believe it. Like, I honestly couldn't believe it. It's just, uh, and like, Adam Hughes deserves. Just think how much you've got if you'd actually left it open for the whole five years. <laughs> I could have been like every year, just been like, fuck it, just put it in there. Like, I, I won't do any other charities ever again. 
No, I was, um, you know. Yeah, I was. Uh, people keep asking if I'm going to do it again in the future, and I think I probably will because I did have a, a good, really good time when we did it. I mean, the uh, the effort and and stuff that went into organising it and then editing it afterwards was massive and uh, terrifying. But I think in the end it was really worth it because we did have such a good time. I mean, I, you know, I like to think that Jenny had a really good time. As well. I know she was a uh, cream crackered and had to go to a job interview the following day. Good honour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, she got the job though so <laughs> oh, wow, <that's... laughs> clearly it worked clearly worked worked for her um it's one of those things that, you know when you go and clearly she would just have been so knackered that she just didn't didn't give a monkeys you know so yeah. she had that yeah she comes she's so cool she just like she didn't care yeah, I had. Uh, I had such a laugh like the following couple of days because we did it like on the Saturday into the Sunday morning. I think I had about half an hour sleep before my hubby got back from a festival, and uh, and had to wake me up because he couldn't find his keys for the house in his big bag of festival shite. So I had about half an hour sleep and got up on the Monday, and I was like, oh yeah, I think I went to bed at like seven or something ridiculous on the Sunday night. Got up on the Monday. Yeah, because I, I know that you, you like you did the the twenty four hour thing, and then. I thought, well, she's still fucking online. Yeah. She's still, she's still tweeting and well, I was... on Facebook. She's like, go to bed! <laughs> go to bed! The thing was, after I'd had like a half-hour kip, I... Um... I didn't want to really like mess my sleeping pattern up that much, so I tried to stay up as, as long as I could. But it got to a point where I think Rich was watching a football game and I was just like drooling on the sofa. Like <laughs> He was like, yeah, you should probably go to bed. <laughs> but the worst was the Tuesday when I went back to work because I thought, like, I got through the Monday. I thought, oh, I'm actually, I'm pretty good. It'll be fine when I go back to work. <laughs> I got to work, fell asleep twice on the bus, got into the office and just burst into tears. I was like, oh, I'm exhausted. <laughs> so... Uh, that was another day when I just did the bare minimum and then got the hell out of Dodge because I was just like, I phoned my manager and I was like, I think I'm still asleep. <laughs> uh, so that's another lesson learned. If I do do it again, book two days off afterwards. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, it was a wicked time and I, pro- I probably will do it again in the future. But um, but yes, thank you to everybody for being so super brilliant and I love you. should probably talk about some actual stuff now because yeah. we, we've been here for like half an hour and not really sit well. Not half an hour actually recording. But, uh, no. So being the kind and wonderful person that I am, I'm going to let you go first with uh, talking about things. Well, okay. Well, I'll start I'll start off with Agent Carter because I know you want to talk about that as well. Hooray! But, I mean, basically, I just want to say, fucking hell, it's good. In it, though. In it, though. Yeah, obviously, not being able to watch it, I would not know. But fucking hell, it's good. I mean, if I had been able to watch it, I would imagine I would think it was brilliant. Yeah. Mm. I would, yeah, imagine that it fucking hit the ground running <laughs> and it was, like, fucking... Amazing. And just the, uh, yeah, cheers. I'll just yeah, flummox because, you know, I mean, I'd love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I get why some people don't like it. I, I just do totally get it. And why, and it did kind of took up, take a while to kind of establish itself. And it kind of, it was a, like a slow build mm. uh, getting to where it did. But I think, yeah, but Agent Carter's just come in and just, and I thought, oh, this is, oh, it's only got, like, it's only like, what, what, 10 episodes or something or 12 episodes? Something like that, yeah. So it's it's like a limit. It's like a mini series or a, you know, a maxi series, and it, you just think, oh, is it is it really going to be able to do that? You know, and it just came in and just blew me away mm. right from the start. Hayley Atwell is fucking amazing. She's so amazing. Like I was, uh, I was a bit concerned when they announced it because I thought like this could go really wrong, and if it does, it will be perfect fodder for the. And this is why we don't have female-led things happen because look at the flop that this mess is. So I was so chuffed when I, I watched the first episode, and I was like, I am so fucking in for this. It's ridiculous. The thing that gets me is that, like, me and Rich have tried to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. like several fucking times. Mm. And 
I just I can't get into it at all. And recently, Rich has sort of skipped ahead to sort of the end of series towards the end of series one. You know, the bit where it crosses over with um, Winter Soldier, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and everybody says it gets good, which I think was possibly a mistake because I don't care about any of the characters because I don't really know them. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm still I'm still struggling with Shield, and I find it annoying that people were saying to me like, "Oh, I'll give it," you know, it gets really good around episode thirteen or whatever the fuck mm. it was, and I'm thinking it shouldn't have to take that long. When when it's living in an already established universe full of mm. awesome people, it shouldn't have to take 13 episodes to get mm. good. And I was so well, glad all... that Agent Carter just came in and was like, mm. no, I'm awesome right off the bat. I was like, yes, see, it can fucking be done. And <laughs> it, it can did. be done and by it Marvel. Just, it, did, it did just come in and just, it felt like it had been running for ages. Mm. Because it just came in with like this, like if it did, it just felt like it had been running for ages, and like it was a series in its prime. It's not one of these where okay, it takes a few episodes just to to get it together, you know. Like the first episode of Constantine was a bit shit. Well, it's it, it very shit, and you know, <laughs> you know, but that's kind of getting better and better and better. I mean, even the X, you look at the X Files, and you know, the first episode of X Files, X Files is kind of iffy. The first episode of like Star Trek: Next Generation is well ropey. But um, and you just think, well, if this is hopefully, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming I don't know what the ratings are, but I'm assuming it's done well, uh, or I'm hoping it's done well, and it's gonna it's gonna stick around, and it's gonna, but it because do, it does feel like they're just like I say, it's just like a filler, like it's like a mid season filler. Mm. So even even the people who make it, if it's coming, the you know the feeling you get from them is that they're just dipping their toe into it, because like you said, this whole kind of myth that that you can't have a female led action movie or a female led action show, which is complete bollocks. It is just complete bollocks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's absolute. But you do just feel like they're, just, they're kind of just testing the water, you know. It's like not a full commitment, not from the, the people who are making it, but the people who are financing it, that it's just a case of, oh, well, we'll just give it like a half, a half season, a self-contained little half season, go in the middle and just see how it plays out. And it's just come in and just going, fuck you! Oh, God, it's so you amazing. Know? I think one of the things I love the most about it is the fact that because of when it's set, it's obviously in a time when women weren't considered, you know, Tibbity yeah. top peeps in society. Yeah. And I love the fact that it not only highlights that, but it also highlights how Agent Carter hates it, but also uses it to her advantage. Yeah. Like there are there are parts of episodes where she's clearly incredibly pissed off that people treat her like she's fucking tea lady or whatever. Yeah. But then there are other episodes where she's like She's just waltzing into rooms she shouldn't be in to eavesdrop by bringing in a tray of coffee because that's yeah. like people don't think because she's a woman they don't think she's a threat or that she you know well, is going to use that information. Yeah, she just waltzes yeah. in with a coffee like it's totally normal. Like la la la, bringing in the tea as a woman does. What's that you were saying now? Like it's yeah. fucking, it's brilliant and also anything that's set in like late 40s, 50s time, is so in my wheelhouse. Everybody looks fucking amazing. Holy shit, I'm going to have to cosplay the shit out of Agent Carter (laughs) at some stage. (laughs) It is just just your thing, really. It It might have just made it for you, really. Well, I like it to was, think so. I like to think but, so. But I mean, I'm I'm big into like the World War Two stuff. Anybody knows me? I'm big into like the war movies and war comics and that kind of stuff. Mm. So it just so even I'm getting up because it's coming off that, and it's it's very much kind of post-war. You're getting that kind of, and it's just nice to have that. Like the, you're having little little. They're really. I don't know. I'm not an expert, but they do seem to be. If if not like literally being literally accurate to the to the time they're, they're definitely putting the feeling over mm-hmm. and like there's lots of little details in there like with um the women being chucked out of their jobs because the men are coming back from the army and and that all the, all those little details you know 
yeah. and just all the throwbacks to how and that's it like and, and, and which was a real like experience of, of, of women at the time in like the the you know in the in the factory jobs and that kind of thing who were then just you know who'd, who'd got a t- you know a life of their own and and jobs and responsibility and then then we just have to go back to the back home and raise kids yeah. and you're sort of getting that through 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 um, Agent Carter as well that she had she got this war record she was you know she was she was an important person during the war she was an important agent during the war she was you know she partnered up with Captain America and the Highland Commandos and and established all this kind of stuff she was you know she had a, an important role and now although she's still in the service she's she's been basically still being told like you say to go and make the tea and she's treated like not a not a proper agent and other stuff, and it's just really, really clever, really, really clever stuff. And Hayley Atwell's just fantastic. She's Isn't just she so so good, and just a revelation because I had no idea she was so good at the comedy because she's. I mean, she can do the drama and stuff, but just little bits and pieces of mm. of comedy business that she does. Like there's a, there's a scene where she's just. I think she's just having a lunch. And she's got it's got a feet up on the desk, and she, yeah. and she's just really light and deft way of doing you know do, doing the scene and, so, and then she goes up and does a bit of spy business and then comes back and she sits back down with her feet up on the desk and it's just i need i, I sound stupid but it's really just clever mm. stuff i think the and thing for really me nicely nuanced. i didn't expect it from her at all and i think it's because of how much i hated the first cat movie um so oh, don't don't start because i love that fucking film sorry but i just like i think she got lost in that for me because i feel like yeah. the film was garbage and i was too busy thinking about how much the film was garbage that like everybody's performances in it were pretty much lost on me. I was like, no, I'm checked out of this. Do not give any kind of a oh, fuck. Are you trying to start a fight? I'm are sorry. Start, are, you, are, you, are you picking on me? I'm it's sorry. Just... No, it's just, I, I love Cap. I really do. And I think Winter Soldier's like in my top of the films yeah. of last year. <laughs> I'm saying that. I literally did a top five in the last episode and I can't remember if I put it on it. I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> yeah, I think her performance was a bit lost on me. So... When they announced the whole thing, I just thought, like, that's a really weird choice because she was, in my head, she was barely in Captain America and she barely did anything worthwhile. Yeah. Um, so I thought, she well... She was very much in there as support, you know? She's there mm-hmm. to play, a, you know... She didn't have a character necessarily. She was there to drive the story or to, to support the story. What but, I love about yeah, so her... You, you get no clue that she's that funny and that sharp. Yeah, and that great, because the other thing I love about her is how like normal she is, if that makes sense. Because mm. I think the problem with a lot of the Marvel stuff is that the people in it are either superheroes or like super-trained S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Yeah. So they've all got like proper like, <coughs> like martial arts-style backgrounds and things and proper yeah. like... And military training and stuff and while she obviously has that she's also got a bit of a scrappy like grab whatever the fuck i can and hit you with it kind of um, yeah. way of fighting that's very natural to somebody who just doesn't want to get the shit kicked out of him and um, like there's an amazing yeah. scene i think it was in the first episode where she's fighting a dude in her apartment and uh, and there's bits where she's like trying to fucking switch the hob on on his face and things because she's just like i need to get out of this situation this guy's good yeah and it was just so well choreographed it's so fucking i love it i'm, so, I'm just in mm with it i think yeah and I, um yeah i just her kind of relationship with um james darcy who plays oh i've gone blank oh what's his name jarvis jarvis i just kept thinking alfred i think really fucking d- alfred i was gonna say i was really doubting myself then i was like jarvis. <laughs> yeah <laughs> just, just, a little brain fart just sidetracked but yeah jarvis he just they've got a great you know just they just really click as well and you just think yeah we've got a a real kind of uh, double act there, you know, like the Mulder and Scully or like the Moonlighting kind of thing. You just feel, yeah, we've got a proper, 
double act there. They really click. Yep. Um, it really can't. It like, feels like a throwback. I don't know if you've seen like the Thin Man movies. No. Um, from like the 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 forties, I think it was. Um, like a like a detective, like a husband and wife detective duo, and it's just all banter, 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 and that's what you kind of. That's what I kind of vibe I get off it. Yeah. And just and it's. Oh, I know it sounds weird, but like I was watching like for the first episode, and you've got like uh, Carter, Jarvis, and Howard Stark. Mm. Who are in like the three the three characters the main characters in in the first episode you know and Stark kind of disappears and I thought that's three Brits <laughs> you know you got three Brits and now we've got like two Brits leading a, a, a high profile American show this is true. which I know it's not you know when you're talking diversity it's not like up there with like women and you know I think minorities and all that kind of stuff but still you know a couple of Brits you know leading an action show it is pretty it's, awesome uh, it's kind of groovy. Yeah, I'm basically in love with it. I think, and I've got a bit of yeah. a, a bit of a girl crush on uh, Atwell. Like she's just... well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think we're all a bit smitten. I've Although... been doing a daily Haley, like on Twitter, putting up a, a photo of her every day, which is I, um... just. And I've got into trouble with it, but it's yeah. I got I quite help. cross because I read an article somewhere that was like, "Oh, finally a plus size actress in the front of it," and I was like, "No." Oh my god! Like I understand that Seriously? she's not like skeletal skinny. I get that, yeah. but. To suggest that she's plus size suggests that's like I'm a fucking beached whale and that anybody bigger than me is about to die of a heart attack of fat because she's not. Oh, my gosh, she's got a wonderful figure. Fuck off all yous. You're more shit. <laughs> yeah, that is, it, is, it is just fucking weird. That can't, Yeah, it, it, it just shows you what the, what the norm is. Yeah. So And how, you know, the norm is kind of, for Hollywood, it's like below the norm. So that, like, normal becomes... You know, like I say, they see it as plus size, and it's like fuck. Yeah, that's just surreal. But yeah, that's that's. I didn't know that. That's just that is just fucking weird, isn't it? In it and to comment on that as well, it's just kind of a strange thing because you wouldn't think. Yeah, you, you think about all the all the fat guy sitcoms. Well, what I found really odd about it was the fact that they were sort of trying to champion it, like, oh, finally us plus-size girls have got someone to get behind. And I'm like, what land are you living in that you think that she's plus size? Because that that must mean that you're probably about, you know. If you if you're comparing yourself to Hayley Atwell, you're probably about a size twelve in the UK, maybe fourteen tops. Like the fact that you think you're plus size at that size is really scary to me because that's how you end up with eating disorders. Yeah, <laughs> oh, terrifying. But anyway, good show. Though, Anywho, it? yeah, it is. It is cracking, and it's just. Uh, and I was gutted because it took a took a break, took a week off this week, didn't it? Yeah. And it's like, oh, you bastards! Yep. How dare you? If I could watch it, which I can't, which I'm upset about. I mean, that's something I'm just bizarre that like uh, people have contacted Channel Four because they show Agents of Shield. So not when you're showing uh, Agent Carter, and they're going with no plans to show Agent Carter. I find that really strange because surely eventually there's going to be threads of that that are going to connect somehow. Like the stuff that she's doing in the forties is off. Is surely going to impact Shield and Stark and all that palaver? I don't know. Yeah, there's, there's guaranteed going to be some kind of crossover at some point. I mean, nowadays, I mean, she has popped up before before the, the series started. She popped up in a couple of episodes of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. setting up their story thread, mm. which is going off into something fucking spectacular at the minute. So, yeah, there, there are, I mean, they're clearly just going to, because they, they, they seem to have got it really down to fucking art now about doing these crossovers and, and, and that, like, you know, again, okay, now that the agency is going to do that, but going to be like the filler between the movies and is going to carry the carry the, the, the weight between the movies and stuff like that. Mm. So they're doing some really clever stuff and they're setting up stuff in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now that's going to pay off years down the line, presumably, 
with uh, with some of the big movies they've got lined up, you know. I really hope, though, that it doesn't, like, that if I don't continue watching it, that it's not going to be to the detriment of me watching the movies because that, yeah. that made me really cross. I don't. Well, that's, that's the thing <laughs> at the moment is, obviously... I mean, I'm like, I'm not one of these guys. What drives me up the up the wall is now we're getting a lot of people like posting on Twitter and Facebook going, oh, there's too many fucking superhero movies. There's like four in a year. I'm like, fuck off four in a year. That's nothing. Man, you know, my whole life I've been waiting for this. Do you know, that argument just annoys the shit out of me. The number of times I've like people at work have said to me, oh, God, not another fucking, you know, when I was talking about how excited I was to see the Turtles and stuff last year, they're like, oh, God, another fucking superhero comic book shit. And I'm like, I'm sorry, how many rom-coms have come out this year that you've seen? How many, like, bullshitty action adventures have you seen this year? Fuck off, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's it. There was literally, because there's that... that, um... That infographic that went round with the, with all the superhero movies that are coming out over the next eight years, mm. and you, there's something like there's a fair few. There's something like like twenty or something, twenty or thirty, something like that. And you just think, yeah, but that's still less than the number of horror movies that will come out in one year. That's still less than the number of rom coms. <laughs> It'll be less than the number of horror year. movies that come out in October. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. There was there was a, there was one of these, you know, because obviously at the end of the year there was all these top whatevers of the year, and somebody on a website had done like the top twenty five. Horror movies of the year, not that, not the all the horror movies of the year rated, just the top twenty-five. Oh my god! And you think, well, if there's the top, if you can do a top twenty-five, how many fucking horror movies were out <laughs> that year? Just so you can skim the, the top twenty. Well, obviously the list will be too long. Could we just do in the top twenty-five? It's like Jesus. Yeah, so I'm just like, no, fuck off. I've been waiting. The reason it seems like a lot is because until about what ten years ago, there were none. You'd get like one Batman film. Every three years, occasionally there'd be a Superman movie. They, you know, you know, and then, then that's it. That would be, there were no super. They couldn't do superheroes on the screen, on the big screen, particularly at all. So that was it. You know, so it seems like there's a lot now because the, you know we start it's become a genre, a doable mm-hmm. genre. So it's, but I'm just like, oh, just fuck it. I've been waiting for this my whole fucking life. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I remember the fucking Captain. I'm swearing an awful lot. Sorry. That's all right. I remember. Like the Captain America movies from the seventies, yeah. When they did, when Marvel did the motorbikes TV, yeah, yeah. yeah Reb Stewart with his love it. Trash helmet on the love motorbike, it. fucking love it. And it's just like I don't remember as a kid, stage seven, knowing that was shit. You know, just go, but he's not, he's not the soldier, and all what the hell? He's just he's just a dude on a bike. He's a surfer dude on a motorbike. <laughs> And I knew that was rubbish at the time, you know? And it's, you know, but you just think, so now you're actually getting like a Captain America movie that is an actual Captain America movie. It's not like a, a half-arsed, semi-kind of sort of type thing. You know, it's an actual fucking, you know, Captain America movie, an actual superhero movie. Are you and seriously is... dismissing, though, the Matt Salinger one from the 90s? No, I will defend Because I Matt love Salinger that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember because you have to remember when that came out no I'll support it because I remember when that came out it was like holy shit it's that was as you know as, as naff as that final film turned out to be or with its flaws or whatever and I think the first half of that movie is, is pretty solid gold it's pretty good yeah the world, the world War Two stuff is bang on. Apart from the Red Skull being Italian, which is just kind of <laughs> weird. weird, surreal, fucking behind the scenes. There's a there's a story behind the scenes there. I think with you know because the money came from Italy, they're going yeah. But can you make you know the Red Skull Italian instead of German? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could do that. I think that first half is pretty solid, you know. And it's all there, you know. You say you got the World War Two, the Super Soldier Serum, the Frozen in Ice, and and all that kind of stuff. The shield, the costume, it's all there. It actually looked like a proper Captain America movie at the time, which was a huge leap after the, like we say, the 
guy in the van with the motorbike and the, the big blue crash helmet, <laughs> you know, with the, with the wings painted on the side. Uh. So, uh, so it was just like, yeah, this is a fucking Captain America. So, yeah, I will, I will uh, support the, uh, I will defend the the nineties Captain America. Rubber ears on the helmet. I was going to say, I've thing. actually got that on VHS. Still, I don't own a video player, but I do not want to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's interesting because the, the the point of that film was originally it was going to be like they were, they were planning to do it as like a three hour movie. It was written as a three hour movie, so it'd be the first hour and a half would be all in World War Two, and the second hour and a half would be in the present day. Um, and apparently, I'd, I'd really love to read that script to see how much was how it read, you know, because it just got, you know, because it was like it was, it was on, it was made on the cheap, and you know, it was, it was a low budget film anyway. So it all got chopped down and chopped down and chopped down. And once they get to the present day, it really just feels like an episode of Return of the Saint or something with them just riding around uh, Venice on a moped and stuff. So it all just kind of. The, the Marvel just floats away. But the first half, I, I really rate the first half. Me too. I think they, they did a good job on that. Um, and again, that's that was the year of, you know, you still had the Hulk being played by Lou Ferrigno at that point, which was a bodybuilder just painted green. It's just... <laughs> Just surreal, you just think, and that was, and he's supposed to be like a terrifying monster. Whereas I think now you're looking, you just think that just looks like a weirdo on the buzz, <laughs> and you know, it's just some kind of strange, slightly infected man. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Like, should we? Should we? Should we can care in the community or something? Should we? You know, it's a you know, cosplayer got lost or something. You know? He's just assuming he's on his way to a, a convention somewhere, and he's just uh, you know reading his newspaper. But anyway, yeah. So I uh, yeah. So yeah. So I remember the really naff superhero movies of the, of the 70s and stuff and spider-man where they they had no way of making him actually swing on his webs <laughs> at all whole of like the the 70s spider-man tv series as much as i love it and they did some kick-ass war crawling in in that in that tv series because they didn't have cgi so they stuck a fucking stunt man on a wire had him <laughs> a wall so oh, that my. He's actually walking up that fucking wall, you know, or there'll be like proper vertigo shots with a stuntman walking along the edge of a roof of a building with the camera looking down at proper, a proper like 300 foot drop kind of thing, you know, so that's good. But they couldn't, they couldn't do that. I think he, he swung on a web once and you just get the feeling they, they did that with him swinging from one building to another. And then the stuntman union just closed it down. <laughs> just saying, no, you're not doing that anymore. We're not having any of our guys swinging on, you know, on your right. Between buildings, that's too dangerous. But uh, anyway, sorry. That's all right. I'll let you off. Agent Carter's good though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're talking about Agent Carter. So yeah, it is good and it is nice. And they're doing some. They are. Yeah, I mean, they are doing some nice little. There's not a nice little like throwbacks to um, to the wider universe that we've had there. Like in, I think it was in episode uh, three, you had. Um, uh, they hinted to what, I can't remember that guy's name Drago or something like that they, they whiplash out of Iron Man 2 his dad mm-hmm. is working with Tony Stark's dad which has been established so to actually have them there kind of like a neat touch that they kind of remembered that he's supposed to be there at that time mm. and doing that kind of stuff but it's all yeah it is kind of groovy and I like that they're doing like an, an arc as well that it's it's not just like seventeen episodes I guess because they they've known that they've only got like a dozen episodes or ten episodes mm. or whatever it is, I actually think that might be where why it's shining so much a lot of TV shows I find would be a lot better if they had maybe five less episodes in a series because you get a lot of filler or a lot of dragging things out unnecessarily like I think Walking Dead does it a lot there's a lot oh, yeah. of there's a lot of episodes that could be like 20 30 minutes shorter and still have 
the exact same point. Well, yeah, with but more... because they've got like 22 episodes or whatever per season and they want to get to a certain point at the end of the season, they have to drag out other stuff. So you end up with like 10 episodes of people just wandering a forest like, oh, where's yeah, me I mates? Mean, <laughs> yeah, was it season three where, where they first get to the prison? The first half is really good when they get to the prison, but it's almost like they got to the end of their arc at the end of the, in the mid-season. Mm-hmm. And then the second half of that season is literally them just walking to the prison from the town and then walking back to the town from the prison repeat for like 10 episodes it's like really have something happen do something you know yeah i think last season was the worst for me when um after the mid-season break it came back and they'd sort of had to leave the prison and they'd split up so it was like episode one carl and michonne and rick wander around in a forest a bit and have a kip in an house <laughs> and that's it literally it for a whole hour episode like. two someone else wanders around somewhere else in the woods and has a kip in a tree fucking the end like oh my god speed it the shit up and i think that might be where agent carter it hasn't got the room to be shit or to have extra bits that are a bit too long like it's got this many episodes to do this yeah, arc like, and you're in you're out and you're done it's like three really good episodes and then it's gonna be bollocks the next five, and then just come back with the next few. But hopefully not. But it is just feeling like they're, they're not fucking around. Yeah, I don't feel like they're. I think I think it's. I really hope it gets picked up for another series. But I hope it's another short one. Like mm. I think that's just that is just me. I think there's. I think Doctor Who's got it right, roughly, with the number of episodes per season. I think that's enough. That's a it, 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 it does seem to be that whatever length you get, you, you get the. You know, there's going to be a third are going to be really good. A third are going to be okay, and then a third are going to be shit. <laughs> so you, you just feel like, is there any way we can just get rid of the shit ones? You know, so it just seems to be like, yeah, you know, with even with like the 24 episode stuff, like the X-Files, you'd have like a third of those would be really good, a third would be average, and then you'd have these, the wanky ones where they just kind of bit filler, and you just think, do we need those ones there? Do we mm. really? <laughs> but but yeah, so yeah, it, I, yeah, I think they've got, as much as I'd like more, like a full season, I don't want it to be kind of just to be like the mid-season Agent of Shield filler mm-hmm. stuff. I think, it, but it works. I think it, it clearly this works really nicely to have it like over Chris. And this is the other thing: what happened? What? Where did this fucking mid-season climax thing suddenly come from? Ugh. Where you get half season, then no, that's a that's a season there. You finish that one off, <laughs> then you're going away. Then your second, your next season is just like. 10 weeks away, two months away instead of being a year away. So you've got two seasons now. So just call them two fucking seasons. Yeah, I find the whole mid-series finale thing a really weird thing because the other problem is it often rushes people towards a conclusion that wouldn't naturally come where it where it's coming, if that makes any sort of sense. And I think a lot of the time as well, they have to sort of force something dramatic in there to leave you on tenterhooks. Walking Dead, I'm definitely looking at you. So long, they just seem to, they just had like half a decent season in them. Year after year, and like either the first half of the season would be really good and the second half would be shit. Yeah. Or the first half would be shit and the second half would be really good. It's literally like they only had like 10 episodes worth of quality in them and then the rest is just going to be filler. Mm. I really enjoyed the first half of the the series that we're in the middle of at the moment, except Mm. that last episode. And I think it was partly because they didn't build up the hospital situation enough for me to give two shits what happened there at all. And also, I feel like... Massive spoilers here. Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, yeah. good, good, good. I feel like Beth's death, it seemed a bit weird to sort of have her completely missing for like several episodes, then reveal where she was, then almost immediately kill her in 
quite possibly the stupidest way possible. Because yeah. when she stabbed that policewoman person, she knew for a fact that someone was going to either try to kill her or that everything in the hospital would just go insane and loads of people would die. I don't know what she thought she was trying to do, stabbing that woman. Mm. Because she wasn't doing anything fucking smart, that's for sure. She fucking no. deserved a bullet in the face. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it drives me a bit potty that loads of people have apparently like been protesting and sending in spoons to the uh, the production company. Like, oh, bring her back. How can they bring her back? Except, <laughs> like, has got her had a bullet in the face. She can't even come back as a zombie, as well dead. Yeah. Like, as 100% dead. <laughs> just let it go. And it, yeah. ju- it just did my head. But I think it didn't help that that got spoiled for me as well, like, the day before. For. Fucking Norman Reedus, fucking you're in the show. Calm down a yeah. bit, mate. Post up a picture on Instagram of him carrying Beth's lifeless body out of the hospital. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you massive fucking prick. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on there. There's a weird. I mean, I had to stop. Un- I had to stop following like Stephen King, who I fo- who's a fucking hero to me. I had to unfollow Stephen King on Twitter because he was ju- he was just getting in a high horse about spoilers mm. and just and spoiling stuff. And it's like, dude, he just got, it's like, if anybody should know the importance of a fucking telling a story the way it's supposed to be told, it should be you. Yeah. And it's all about, oh, well, spoilers are well known because we just spoiled that we don't, the, the way we take stories now that we expect not to know. So, no, we expect to be told the story in the way it's supposed to be fucking told. Yeah. And, you know, God knows it's, it's fucking hard enough as it is. But there you're fucking deliberately doing it. Yeah, right? spoilers yeah. drive me a little bit insane because on the one hand, I think, like, in certain situations, it's your own fault if things get spoiled. For example, if you listen to this podcast... You know I'm going to talk about pop culture stuff. I'm probably going to talk about things you are going to watch. Therefore, it's kind of your own fault. And I will normally give spoiler warnings as well. But, like, if I'm just going on Instagram to see what funny pictures my mates have put up in the past 24 hours, to have somebody from a show... Or, like, I had to unfollow um, Brian Thingy. Oh, fuck, what's his name? I want to say Fuller, but I'm not convinced. Yeah, Brian uh, Fuller, yeah. Because he was live-tweeting episodes of Hannibal as they aired in America. Yeah. And I'm like, are you shitting me? Are you yeah. actually shitting me? And then you wonder why people download things in the UK, even when they're shown, like, a day or a week or something after yeah. the US. Because you're fucking spoiling them, and you're the shitting director of the thing. Like, what, yeah. <laughs> what are you thinking? They're like, for fuck's sake. I mean, there was, I mean, I mean, the BBC were doing it. They, they live-tweeted, I think it was Doctor Who at Christmas, was it? <sighs> and they were live-tweeting, and, like, the Americans were just going, dude, we've seen it now in a couple of hours. Can you just hold your fucking water for a couple of hours? Yeah. You know, just just take a break. You know, take a break. Just look, people just seem to forget, and I don't know how it's happened that you know that it's you know it's worldwide fucking web, worldwide. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not your local web. You know, mm. and it's it's just it, they just seem to. You know, I say people just haven't seen a, a weird time getting their heads around it, and just getting like just because you've seen it doesn't mean that everywhere. I mean, it used to be. I mean, obviously, it's just the way we watch TV now that nobody kind of sit, sits down to watch it all at the same time. Everybody watches it in dribs and drabs. Mm. You pick your own TV schedule, basically. You, nobody just sits down to watch, you know, whatever, The X-Files on a, on a Tuesday night at 9 o'clock on BBC Two. No, it's, 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 if it's on, that's when it is. It's available and you watch it when you want to watch it, you know, whether it be tomorrow or whether people save it up for the and watch the whole season in one go or, or whatever, you know. Mm. But it is, it is just weird that, you know, and, and, the, and the attitude of, well, I want to talk about it. 
I want to talk about it now. Well, that's okay. There are venues for you to talk about it on the internet. Twitter isn't that one. Yeah. Because that's not a private one. You know, you're, you're broadcasting that to everybody, whether, you know, whether they're aware of what's coming or not. You know, if you want to talk about it in private, there are forums where you can do that sort of thing. There are places, literally forums, where you can do that, have those kind of conversations, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it is just, I just find people get really up. I mean, if I, I fuck, if I ever accidentally spoil something, I'm fucking mortified. I was going to say, I, I, did that, I accidentally know? retweeted something that was considered a Doctor Who spoiler. Mm. And uh, and I felt really bad when so, some, one of my American buddies was like, thanks for that, Stace. And I was like, oh, fuck, I am so sorry. Because it was, you know, the episode where uh, there was a ton of trees in London? Yeah. Someone I know tweeted, so was that girl's sister just hiding in a bush the entire time? Or, what? like, how did she mm. come back? Can we, what's going on? And that was a yeah. genuine question that I wanted to know the answer to because I didn't understand what they were trying to say with that at all. Like, yeah. were they saying yeah, that yeah, she'd yeah, gone missing and she'd found her way home because of the trees? Or that mm. she'd purposefully run away and the trees had just, like, brought her back kicking and screaming? Or did she, has she not come back at all? Because it was well known that that kid used to make shit up. Has she just, like, imagined her sister back into existence? what's happening i didn't understand it so i retweeted it and someone else someone in america was like good one stace uh thanks for that i'll be looking out for that sister in a bush now and i was like shit it's not a major spoiler but i still feel bad about it because it is like "Ah." it's like in the light of the episode you'll realize that's not a thing yeah, well, like it doesn't but, matter. But it doesn't matter it, at all. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I felt really bad. Anyway, this is an argument I could have for ages, and we've only talked about one thing so far. So yeah. <laughs> let's okay. let's move on. I've been doing some film catching upping lately mm-hmm. because I discovered last year that I did not watch enough. <laughs> I was doing my list of top five films that I saw that came out last year, and discovered that I'd only seen about seven. <laughs> <laughs> so making my list of uh, of five was was a bit difficult because well what do you leave out when you've only seen seven <laughs> yeah. um so I've been making an effort to like watch some movies and uh, and one that I watched that I've like it's just absolutely astounded me with how good it is it was a film called Frank I don't know if you've seen it yeah, no, I've not seen it. No. Okay. Um, but it's a Frank Sidebottom one, yeah? It is, yeah. Now, when I initially started watching it, I wasn't digging it that much because I thought it was literally an actual full-on true story about Frank Sidebottom. Mm. Um, and for those that don't know who he is, Google him, but he's essentially a musician who wears a big paper mache head. I don't know why. So when I started watching it, I was a bit concerned because everybody in it seemed a bit crazy and it all just seemed a bit ridiculous. And I was like, this can't be fucking true. This is nonsense. Like, what the fuck's going on? Loonies. But when Rich actually pointed out to me that it's so loosely based, it's barely based on it at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, essentially, the only real links are the fact that his character's name is Frank and he wears a paper mache head. Those are about the only actual, like, true facts. <laughs> yeah. Um, I started to enjoy it more because I, the characters are quite... I don't want to say caricaturish, but they are a bit, I suppose. Still still believable, but just, just on the very edge of believable, if that makes yeah. any sort of sense. Yeah. Um, but I think what got me about it was when it came out... I think it came out last year, actually. I, I hadn't wanted to see it because, A, I didn't know anything about Frank Sidebottom, and, B, that head scares the shit out of me. <laughs> uh, and it has done for quite a while. Never, Never liked it. Not a fan of that head. But Rich convinced me to watch it because he started... Well, he's always listened to Mark Kermode's um, Filmy Film podcast. I don't know what it's called. I forget. But I've started listening to it with him quite recently. And 
my tastes tend to quite align with his and he went mental about how great this movie was so rich was like no we've definitely got to watch it and i was like okay i'll watch it with you and um i was totally blown away because it wasn't what i I was expecting at all for a start the soundtrack to it is absolutely amazing there's some the songs on there are a little bit sort of like uh they remind me of the doors a bit and uh, michael fassbender's voice is very doorsy if that makes sense (laughs) i'm not making any sense today am i but the like i was just expecting a film about a bloke with a paper mache head that goes on tour. But what I actually got was like, it's a fairly dark comedy and it's not just about the music, it's about artistic expression and mental health and fame and the power of social media. And like, there's so many facets to it. It's almost ridiculous. And um, the thing that got me the most was that like, I was watching it and I was really enjoying it. And that like, the comedy in it is very, very good and Fassbender is absolutely amazing. But what got me was that towards the end, it takes a bit of a turn, not a massive turn, but it takes a bit of a turn and it it, it went from being one of those films that I thought about for an hour or so afterwards thinking how good it was to a film that I haven't stopped thinking about since we saw it. Yeah. Like, literally every day I've had at least one or two thoughts about, oh, God, like, what about that part? And, you know, trying to convince people at work to see it, even though I don't think anyone at work would like it. Um, it's just so clever and so funny and and a bit dark and a bit twisted and a bit Mm. it's just a bit brilliant well you sold me on it anyway i'm gonna have to give it a go because i i've been i was avoiding it because i've got no kind of affiliation to frank Siderbottom at all i remember him he used to pop up on various kids shows yeah and i just wasn't first he was just somebody was just there you know so I'd got no kind of, I mean, because well, what? Because he's because he's died. The real life guy has died mm. in real life. That's that's the weirdest fucking sentence I've ever said. <laughs> um, and everyone's like, oh my god, Frank Sidebottom has died. And I'm like, eh. you know, it was just, yeah, well, you know. So yeah, I'm thinking, really, just he was just a. As far as I was concerned, he was just like a kid's entertainer. He was just like a guy who just come on every now and again. It was just just there, and you just you kind of come on, did some stuff, and you wait for him to. The bugger off so I could show the next fucking Batman animated episode, <laughs> whatever it was, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm quite interested. Yeah, I might have to go back. I might have to go and uh, give that a watch. Oh, yeah, it's um, it's so good. It's like, the, it's genuinely touching. Like, it moved mm. me. By the end of mm. it, it actually, like, fully moved me. And I think um, I think I need to go and do a bit of research on Frank Sidebottom now because I want to know how much of it is true and how much of it isn't. Because, yeah. like Rich was saying, basically none of it is. Mm. <laughs> but I want to know which bits are because I think there's a, there's a lot in that film that's, like, if it's true, it's kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. And... Yeah, I was just so taken by it. The only problem with the film is, like, this isn't much of a spoiler because it's literally the opening scene, but, like, Domhnall Gleeson plays this chap called John, who I believe the... um, There's a guy called John Ronson who who was part of Frank Sidebottom's Oh, Blimey Bollocks band. I forget what they're called. (laughs) And he sort of, like, co-wrote the... uh, the script and the the, the plot and things yeah. for the film, um, so I think I think Domhnall Gleeson's character is sort of semi based on him, and he's like a, a sort of struggling uh, struggling songwriter in the sense that he's trying to write songs and he's actually shits. Um, mm. And the film opens with him sort of wandering around his town, looking at things and trying to make a song out of it in his head. And there's one part where he's walking down the road and a lady with a red coat walks past him, and in his own head he's trying to make a song, and it goes, "Lady in the red coat, what you doing with that bag?" really loudly so of course i just keep shouting that randomly at work i think people think i'm nuts now (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. they won't be far wrong. Matilda. Well, yeah. So yeah, that's you know I'm gonna have to try that. One. It does. It's funny because it sounds a lot like um, like Birdman that I saw, uh, which is what I was going to talk about. I don't know if you've seen, you've seen, but because in the way that you know, you kind of you watch it and then you you just kind of find yourself thinking about it mm-hmm. afterwards, and it kind of it kind of sticks with you. Yeah. And I find that I'm getting a lot of that. Like I, I, I watch Birdman and that. I kind of stuck with me. I've been thinking about that, and I've I read a couple of graphic novels. I read with Celeste and uh, the Oven mm. by Rob Davis and Celeste by Ian Colbert, and they're both kind of not straightforward, just storied narratives. They're both kind of a bit um, oh fuck, what's the kind of kind of not surreal, kind of kind of a bit, a bit trippy and a bit kind of separated from reality they're in, they're in their own kind of they're there to just kind of just like almost like in a dreamlike kind of state and it just makes it you read the story and you go okay and then you kind of ponder it afterwards go what's that a metaphor for and mm. yeah and that kind of stuff and i, I found like, like with with and it's kind of nice because I, I was like i was moaning on on twitter as i as i often do about how you don't get a lot of kind of that used to be on TV like late night on like Channel Four back in like the eighties and nineties. You get these weird European films that'd be be on at like stupid o'clock in the morning that you'd watch just because there might be some boobs in them. <laughs> so you'd, you'd 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 put up with the subtitles and stuff. And, and when I'm saying you, I'm I'm saying I really to be honest. Um, so I and I was actually I didn't realise my my quest for breasts. It was actually giving me a really good kind of film education. It was really bizarre. So I was watching all these really great French and German and Italian films and just enjoying this stuff. Um, but they would like, but there'd be some very surreal stuff. And it was it was sort of giving me an education on you don't have to tell a story or tell a narrative in a straight line kind yeah. of thing. You can you can sort of chop it up, or it doesn't have to be about what's literally on the screen. It yeah. can be about something else, or it, you don't have to explain everything to the to the audience and another film i saw recently was enemy with jake gillenhall um that came out last year i watched that recently and that was that just kind of as soon as i had this moan about oh i haven't seen a weird film like that in ages then i suddenly saw you know enemy which is just like really surreal Mm. and like the film it's it's kind of like (laughs) you go through this whole film with this guy who um i won't spoil the plot, but he basically discovers he's got like a doppelganger who's an actor He's a teacher, he's a lecturer, like a university lecturer, and he, he watches a movie and he sees himself in the movie and he, and he, he realises that he's got this doppelganger as an actor. And, and it's, But that's, that's about as much as the plot as I can tell you. But at the end, there's, there's a final, the final shot is just a jaw dropper and like the credits start and about like for 30 seconds you're thinking, what? The film's not supposed to end there? Um, and it just makes it, and it's like, oh, and um, it was recommended to me by a friend of mine, and she said, "Oh, by the way, once you've seen it, you might want to check this website out because they kind of talk about it and discuss it and what it might mean and all this kind of stuff." Mm. And I thought, "Yeah, this is, and it's just really nice that like this year it seems to have been like I seem to be hit by all these like uh, kind of stories, like the graphic novels and a couple of movies that are, are, are very much in that kind of thing where it's all a, kind, a case of you know, here's here's the story, see what you make of it, see what yeah. you think about it. Well, this you, is you decide what it's about. This is the thing about Frank is that like because I've been so I've become a little bit obsessed with it to be honest um Mm -hmm. i was i was sort of faffing about on the internet looking up you know people's opinions on it the other day because one of the things Mm -hmm. that got me about it was i think it raises the question of does pain or like when i say pain i mean sort of like negative past experiences or mental health issues or whatever Mm -hmm. does that produce better artistic content 
Mm. I think that's a really big theme in this film. Literally mm. not seen it mentioned anywhere. Like I can't, and yeah. it's it's one of those films that's it's open to so much interpretation, and there's so many different facets that I'm sure when I watch it again, which I definitely will, I'll probably notice mm. some of the things, or maybe tweak my opinions on this and that. And but I just yeah. thought it was just it's wonderfully done and wonderfully acted, and just everything about it's amazing. Sun waits to return to where the dogs play pool. 